You're listening to the Madcast Media Network. Madcastmedia.com. This week's episode is brought to you by RoastersMarketplace.com. With over 200 different specialty coffee selections, you can shop by roast level, origin, tasting notes, and roaster. Use the code GAMER to get free shipping on your first order. That's G-A-M-E-R. Go to RoastersMarketplace.com. Welcome to Super Arrogant Bros, recorded on June 21st, 2020. It is the very first day of summer. It is the longest day of the year. And by God, this year has been long enough as it is. Oh, fuck. I am Dirk, and with me is Stev. How you doing, buddy? I am fine. Just fine? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) because, God, this year needs to end at some point during the day. Well, you know what? It, It will. At December 31st, it's going to end. And then you know what? We're going to get 2021, and we're going to get rat plagues. Rat plagues. Uh, This is plural, so we're going to get two at the very least. Maybe three, if we wish hard enough, (laughs) for something to overtake. Jesus. I can't wait to quit my job so that way I can go looting. I, for one, welcome our rat overlords. (laughs) Fucking uh, yeah! I I can't wait to all of a sudden hear a rat just go. Man, thing must die. I'm like, oh, good. It's the Skaven all over again. I wanted this to happen. That's exactly what's going to happen. We're we're going to be getting the uh, Vermintide. It's 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 it. Everyone says like, oh man, aliens are going to invade, and we're not even going to be that fucking frightened. Well, I mean, you, you say nah, that. Nah, son. Nah, son. We're getting b- big old rat boys. We're getting rat boys that speak in weirdly broken English. Um, they're going to have Gatling cannons that shoot <laughs> evil poison, like, reality warping bullets at us. It's There's going to be a rat ninja. No one wants this to happen, but it's probably going to at this point. Oh, absolutely. So we want to thank you for listening in. And if you want to support what we do, we have a few ways of doing so. We have uh, the ability to share the show, share it on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've also been putting clips up on YouTube. Go check that out. That's Mm -hmm. the Arrogant Media YouTube channel. Uh, If you want to financially support us, we have patreon.com slash arrogant media for $5 per month. You get access into the Discord server, and uh, you get to listen in while we record the episodes. Our biggest fans, uh, Rajon, Weirdo, and Hitmonkey have been listening in while we do this, and we want to be expressive of how thankful we are for those bastards. Yes, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the games of the week. Games of the week. So while this game has been around for quite some time, and as much as I'm a fan of South Park, I never got around to playing this game until about a week or so ago. 
and that is South Park, The Stick of Truth. And I'm working to play this before I get into the fractured but whole. Now, I, the, I guess one of the reasons why I never quite got The Stick of Truth is that I heard that it was uh, very easy to go through and very quick as well. So I wasn't sure it was gonna be if it was going to be worth the money to uh, dump into the game. But it is... Uh, God, it is so enjoyable being able to go through uh, not just these like little references here and there, hearing the sexual harassment panda theme song or uh, Let's Fighting Love, but uh, going through a storyline, <laughs> playing as your own character, and uh, you know, the, the little the little things about this. So, like, you name your character, and and Eric says, "I think you set the name douchebag." Is that correct? So, like, he doesn't call you by your actual name or the name that you set, like, in Fallout 4. It's just yeah. douchebag. Yeah. And then you get promoted to Sir Douchebag. But it's a it's a game where you're playing in a, fan, well, a fantasy setting, uh, so to speak, uh, with the kids, uh, going against the elves and, and trying to fight for the claim of the Stick of Truth. So, so far, one of my favorite parts of this is getting abducted by the aliens and you're... you're supposed to get anal probed just like in the very first episode of South Park. Jesus. And so Christ. you have to save Randy Marsh from from continuously getting anally probed by the aliens. It's for scientific reasons. Scientific absolutely. So the, the game is not going to be the most nuanced. It's going to have a lot of features into the gameplay and the combat as well. You even get to control your own farts. Uh, you, like the farts are, are dragon shouts in this game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if it's on sale, like absolutely snag it up. If it's for like 10 bucks, go for it. I mean, even at full price though, it's like, make sure you understand that this is not a game that you're going to be spending like dozens and dozens of hours in. Like it's, it's maybe you'll play it for a couple times through just to make sure to catch the things that you didn't get into. But overall, yeah, I, I definitely recommend this game. Stev, did you have anything for this week? I actually do. Uh, so firstly, if you are part, if you're a part of our Patreon group, you probably heard me talking about this, but I did get into destiny again. Yes, that's right. And I got, what is it? The Scarlet Stronghold. I believe that's what it's called. Yeah. And I've been playing through that a lot and, uh, I forgot how big of a grind the end game, uh, the end game stuff is. So for instance, um, as I'm going through this, I kind of r- began to realize that Boy, howdy, is it really, it's really grindy. Like, it is really grindy. And uh, good old weirdo, when I, when I, when I posted that post on, fa- on uh, the Discord channel, which you can join via our Patreon. <laughs> You're really plugging this thing. Yeah. Weirdo immediately tells me, yeah, just wait until you get to 1050. And I'm like looking over like, what do you mean 10 fit? And then I look over at my like light level, which is basically the item level, but for destiny. And I realize that I'm only at 860 or something like that. Weirdo's at 1055, I believe last time I looked. And it's like, I, I feel, man, that really hurts <laughs> to all of a sudden look over and see that shit. You got to do a lot of stuff like this. It starts you off at max level, which is something that's, yeah, okay, I, I can get into that. But then you kind of realize that in order for you to get a lot of the bigger stuff, you need to uh, you need to get into the umbral. I, I, I don't remember what exactly it's called, but it's like uh, like abysmal um, umbral or something like that. 
and you have to decode it and it's like oh oh no i have to complete a specific quest line in order to have this happen oh god <laughs> on top of having to do all of these daily contracts and uh, i just want to die <laughs> and uh so I, I i tried taking a break from that so i got back into uh total war three kingdoms which is a it's 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 basically within the three kingdoms if you know about the romance of the three kingdoms you know what's you you know what's going down you got your boy Tsao, you have your boy lu bu leo bay uh, you have all of these big names duking it out in china and then there of course there's some uh there's some characters that creative assembly put in the game just as their own little inserts to represent different factions. So the one that I'm playing right now, I think she's called Zhang, uh, like Zeng Liang, Zeng Liang. I think that's what her. Uh, she she wields two two axes, and she's so fucking cool. I I know she's not like his a uh, historical figure, but it's just it's just so fucking cool to play as her. In my current, in my current playthrough with her right now, we're already getting really close to the Three Kingdoms part of the game, where it's like the Kingdom of Wu, the Kingdom of Wei, and then your kingdom. And I think mine's like the Brotherhood, like the Brotherhood of of, of Zay. I think that's what it's called. But I keep forgetting how like how I wouldn't call it story driven because you make your own story. But you can come up with a bunch of these like fantastical backstories when it comes down to it. So I was chased hardcore by Lu Bu for 80% of the campaign. And every single time Lu Bu would lose sight with me, I would just go over to like a lumber mill that is in control of the Han Dynasty. And I just kind of go, this is mine now. And then I'd run away from that settlement after getting my boys back. And then here comes Lu Bu coming over and like no 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 you can't take this <laughs> this is this is this is part of the han empire like like stop doing that stop it then i just kind of go over to another someone like this is mine now no put that back <laughs> give it back yeah. like no okay now just don't touch the bigger settlements i look over at this big humongous city and just kind of go over to it this is mine now <laughs> Okay, you can have that. We're going to go over and deal with another bigger threat. <laughs> like 10 more turns pass and like there's just all of these settlements and I just kind of imagine there's this stupid bandit queen that's just sitting on a throne with all of these like little possessions that she's taken. Lubu comes back like, "All right, uh, we we got to make sure that what the fuck?" <laughs> like, "No, get out of there." No. <laughs> I'm in a city and you're not. Get out of the city. No, you're not my dad. <laughs> <laughs> I am in a tank and you are not. Get get out of the fucking ta- get out of the fucking city. No. <laughs> so, is it still worth getting into at this point? Uh, <laughs> um that really depends on whether or not you want to buy DLC. Okay. Cuz some of the DLC is uh it's it's good. Some of the DLC is bad very bad um the other dlc's the most current one allows you to play as lubu it's not very good i'm just going to put that out there right now if you can get it 
if you can get it on sale, I'd get Three Kingdoms. Okay. But if you can't get it on sale right now in the state of being, I'd probably hold off. Gotcha. Okay. I love my Total Wars, but come on, Creative Assembly. Like, this is quite a few DLCs that you're throwing out here for (laughs) stuff that should have been in the game in the first part. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I hate that feeling, too. Yeah. I mean, Eight Princes is fun. Mandate of Heaven is all right. Yellow Turban Rebellion is really cool. Just. (sighs) I, 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 I hate to say it, but. Unlike Warhammer, where it's like, yes, th- these DLCs are good. They've put a lot of work into this. A lot of the DLCs are like, ah, I mean, you can get it if you're really into that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. Okay. Well, with that, then let's go ahead and get into the gaming news. Gaming news. So first off here, uh, I noticed that uh, the new Crash Bandicoot game is uh, finally being leaked. We have a title, and this is coming out for the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Mm. I'd be surprised if it did not come out for PC and for the Nintendo Switch. Of course. But it is called It's About Time. And you can see the box art with uh, Crash's goofy little face that you see. And uh, yeah, yeah. And oh, Coco's there too. You know, Coco's cool. Coco. Coco. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Up next here, uh, CDPR investor call shines light on Cyberpunk 2077 delay. Now, this is something that I really want to know about because they don't delay games unless they absolutely need to. Yeah. So regarding Cyberpunk 2077's recent delay, uh, Kaczynski tells an investor that the team is putting the finishing touches on the game, which involves tweaking small things to make them as perfect as possible. As they do. He goes on to say that he and the team believe November 19th will be the final date and that no more delays are likely after this one. Oh, thank God. The ongoing coronavirus pandemic doesn't help in the final phase of development, but it's not the main reason the game was delayed, according to Kaczynski. Later in the call, an investor asked Kaczynski and Nowakowski, sorry, Nowakowski, uh, why there should be any more confidence surrounding this new November date than there was for the September one. The investor points out that in January, CD Projekt Red said that Cyberpunk 2077 was pretty much finished and had been for several months, and that September seemed like sorry seemed like longer than the team needed. In response, Kaczynski said the situation is very different now than it was back then. Previously, CD CD Projekt could only show the game to ratings agencies, but not to journalists because of the prevalence of bugs. Now, according to Kaczynski and uh, Nowakowski, the visibility of the work the team is doing on the game is much greater. So, uh, yeah, they're being perfectionists. As they do. With a game that I have been aware about ever since 2013. Yeah. So we've seen what happens whenever CD Projekt Red starts making a game. They don't don't take half-assed measures. They're not EA. They don't release unfinished products and then hot-fix it later. They, they, They look at the game and they say to themselves, okay, 
how are we going to make a perfect release? A perfect release, in my opinion, is a game that requires no hot fixes day one, no day one patches, nothing yeah. like that. They are trying to make sure this doesn't turn into modern day games, where all of a sudden you'll get a day one patch, you'll have to wait even longer so that uh, to play the game that is already on your computer, and you don't have to just basically sit there and wait for possibly 30 minutes to an hour in order to download a new big patch fallout 76 but i digress they know what they're doing yeah they have shown multiple times in the past that they know what they're doing when it comes down to game releases i believe in them wholeheartedly i have no reason to all of a sudden say hey this is shitty I want to play the game now. And, and you know my my feelings about The Witcher 3. I, I believe that game is a 10 out of 10. Yeah. And a 10 out of 10 is still a game that can have its bugs here and there, too. Yes. I mean, it's it's programming. Like, programming is not always going to be very uh, efficient or, uh, or uh, giving a, a best direction. You have to figure this out on your own. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes you, you have to either copy and paste where you have to figure out new ways of solving different problems. And so this is going to cause issues from time to time. Yeah. So it, it like if, if CD project red wants to, to polish this up uh, to be a little shinier then I, I guess that's on them. Uh, so September to November then, uh, just a couple extra months. It's it's fine. We have other games. That How will... many delays of The Witcher Three did we have? Golly, enough my... of that. Yeah, no. But it, it's it's just always remember back in the olden days of Half Life. In the code, they have little developer notes. You can look these up on face. Uh, you can, Facebook. You can look these up on YouTube. And you can basically see how the developers and programmers basically went from like, hey, I'm putting useful notes right here. Like, hey, remember, if you're working on this, don't forget this line of code. And then it just and then it just slowly devolved into, please kill me. The source engine is fucked. (laughs) Please kill me. Gabe Newell keeps looking at the game and having an aneurysm. he's he's not fat that's just rage you see inside (laughs) (laughs) now you can tell that i was reading with uh talking about this news art this news uh bit here and that was from techraptor.net uh up next is also from techraptor new star wars squadrons gameplay details revealed and i understand stev you were actually excited for this as well this is going to be the first game since rogue squadron that i will be picking up hardcore um so when it comes down to Star Wars, a lot of people think of like, you know, stormtroopers versus rebels and, st- and stuff like that when it comes down to video games or, you know, Jedi and stuff like that. This is going to be the first game where dogfighting is going to be mostly prevalent. They tried doing that in Battle in uh, Battlefront 2 to very middling responses. Like people wanted to play as an imp- they they wanted to play on the imperial side. Like this, this was honestly going to be the game that everyone wanted to say. We well, we just want to see things from the imperial side, and this is how we're going to be getting it. And people have done nothing but like look at the character designs and say, "This is, this is fucking amazing." And they've they've done nothing but look at the imperial side and like, "Yes, this is fucking cool. These are badass pilots going head to head with one another." 
in a story where we're hoping they don't all of a sudden go, well, 10 minutes into the game and the Empire people already want to defect over to the Rebellion. I'm like, no, I don't want that. I don't care. <laughs> I just want to play a fucking TIE fighter pilot. But yeah. But yeah. I just, I want, I want my, I want my TIE fighters. So I'm going to read some of this here. Uh, during EA Play's 2020 presentation today, we got a ton of new details on Star Wars Squadrons, the upcoming Starfighter-based game by Motive Studios. Motive's Ian Frazier and a gameplay trailer spilled the beans on the new game. This uh, featured the uh, featured image above is Ian Frazier's own drawings from his childhood. And I'm actually looking right now. It's uh, It looks like a kid's drawing. It's uh, it's kind of cool. It's actually pretty detailed for a kid's drawing, too. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, Fraser mentions that Squadrons is easy to get into, but difficult to master. Gameplay will soon open up opportunities to pull off insane maneuvers and will have a high skill cap, much like the games of the 90s. The gameplay trailer for Squadrons opens up with outlining single player, and in this mode, players will experience a story with two player created and customizable pilots. One pilot is on the Rebel side and the others on the Empires. The story will alternate between the two and the trailer hinted that players can expect to see familiar faces from the Star Wars series. Uh, multiplayer has also a, uh, a helping amount of content. In addition to the ability to customize and create your own pilots and cosmetically enhance your ships... The trailer explains that there are over 50 components which can be used to amplify and alter your ship's abilities. Good. I want that. Yeah, yes. And um, take this with a grain of salt, but they are trying to boast that it, this is going without DLC. With EA. EA. EA said that. EA. I'm biting my fingers right now. I don't like how they... That's exactly why I'm saying take this with a grain of salt. Okay. Well, okay. I want to play devil's advocate when it comes down to that. Sure. Jedi. Fallen Order. Yeah. Any DLCs for that that you know of? No. I'm going to look at that with hopeful optimism. Knowing EA, I think they finally figured out that people don't really give a damn about DLC if the base game is good. If the base game is really good without DLC, boom, you don't need the DLC. Um, people are going to remember that. Uh, that boast can either become a lie or it will begin to show that EA has begun to care more about the gameplay experience. Remember... They said that single player is dead, and then they released Fallen Order, and that has got to be one of the greatest single player games EA has produced in modern times. We're getting really close, boys. We're getting really close, boys and girls, to EA learning from their mistakes. If they do this, if they do this with this new Star Wars game, I have a feeling that EA is going to be redeemed in the eyes of a lot of people. Redeemed may not be warranted, though, but um, maybe uh, a slight boost of trust. They are going... I think this game, if it is as good as they say that it is going to be, I think people are going to start looking at EA in a different light now. They're going to start seeing them instead of... 
being hate instead of being money grubbing they're going to look at ea and they're going to say all right you're starting to make steps let's keep going and let's get back to you making very good single player games right i want that to happen is that going to happen i don't know but we all want it to happen we all want it to happen now, for the last bit of news for this segment, uh, the uh, another EA game, Apex Legends, is coming to different platforms besides the PC coming this fall, actually. I actually have Apex Legends on my wish list right now, but remember, let's take this with another grain of salt. Yep. In order for you to play any sort of EA game on Steam, you have to have Origins installed and running in the background. You also have uh, you also have to have an Origins account in order to launch any of these games. I don't have to for Dragon Age Origins though. There might be some exceptions here and there. So. There, there, there will be certain exceptions when it comes down to that. But mm-hmm. in order for you to access any of the Battlefield games, you need to have Origin up and running on your PC when you have Steam up and running. Part of the reason why I got rid of both both Battlefield games. I no longer have Battlefield 1 or Battlefield 5 on my computer anymore for reasons that I already disclosed back in the previous episode yeah and those those were good reasons too yeah so uh but with with apex uh with apex legends so this is coming out for steam it's also coming out for the nintendo switch as well Ooh. yeah yep so uh isn't this already on ps4 and xbox one as well it's already on the ps4 it's already on the xbox as well okay and it already it, it has a very good player base yep like it is solid and the thing that's going to help us out even more this is getting cross-platform. That is going to blue. That that is going to boost player base like no other. Yeah. So that, but those of you that don't know what cross uh, cross-platforming is, basically, if you're on the PC and I'm on the, I don't know, a PS4. Yeah. You and I will be able to join the same game. That is big when it comes down to accessibility to people. That is going to that 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 is going to be another bracket that people can cross off their list if they're thinking about like, well, all my friends pl- uh, play on the Xbox, but I I only have PC. Well, now I can just buy I can just download Apex Legends and I can start playing with them. That is the big reason why a lot of these multiplayer games don't have big player counts on certain platforms because they can't play with their friends. They don't have the same game. Now they're just going to be able to, they, they can cross that off the checklist now. And uh, Weirdo is actually talking in the Discord chat we, that we have. He says, Dauntless has that, and it's really awesome. It also has cross-save. I love cross-save. That is very good. Cross-save is exactly why I was more than happy to get Divinity Original Sin 2 for my Switch, even though I've had it on my Steam account. Mm-hmm. So... That is actually really big. If if you can have both cross platforming and cross saves, that is going to be big. Because that means that if you've been playing it on a different account, like say the PS4, and all of a sudden you say that, well, my PC is powerful enough to run this game, and just boot it up, load in my account, boom, I'm able to play it. I mean, I'm able to play on my original account on this new platform. Yeah. So with that all out of the way, let's go ahead and get into the topic of the week. Topic of the week. 
Hey, buddy. What's up? What, what are you drinking right there? Oh, this uh, this mug of a fluid that I have in my hands here? Yeah, yeah, it looks dark, and it smells wonderful. Well, you see, I'm a night owl, and being a night owl, I need my fuel. And when I need my fuel, I go for coffee. Stev, you ever had a dark roast, and you, you, you take a sip of it, and you think to yourself, ugh, this is bitter, and it's gross, and I, and I hate it? Yes. Well, that's because you're drinking shit. You're drinking oh. actual garbage. Oh. Somebody is is taking a dump into your mouth oh. using coffee beans. Oh. And so then you spit it out, and then you're not caffeinated, and oh. then you've got all this work to do. Oh. Like, let's say you've got your, your morning shift, and oh. you need that extra boost of energy during the day, and, and you just... You're just not able to make it because the the coffee that you're getting from work is burnt to shit, oh. and and you just can't do it. You can't do it without that garbage, uh, uh creamer. Yeah. Oh. So what I do is uh, I, I buy my own coffee, and uh, what I have next to me is Breakfast Blend and Northwest Blend. Both of these are from Tobra Coffee. But where did I get these? Now these were delivered to me by mail. I went to a website that is called Roasters Marketplace. And so with Roasters Marketplace, you can think of it a bit like a steam store for coffee. And um, you are able to shop by different categories. So you've got roaster, you've got shop by origin, roast level, and there's special categories. And I'm going to get to that here in just a moment. So if you shop by roaster, you can go through the list of roasters alphabetically. And so there's about 28 different roasters, which is which is a lot to choose from. And it can become a little bit uh, overbearing to see all these different roasters, but the website actually helps you here. You can shop by origin. You've got Africa, Asia, Central America, South America. There's even multi-origin blend. So let's say you want to get some coffee from Colombia. Good old Columbia beans. The thing about coffee is that depending on where it's grown, it actually has different flavors to it. Some might have a bit of a, a nutty, some earthy, some actually might have a bit of a flower blend to it. And then you can shop by roast level, which is light roast, medium roast, and dark roast. For me, I love my coffee tasting bold, but without that, that bitter bite to it. That's what a dark roast is supposed to be. And then special categories. This is actually what helped me decide what coffee I wanted to go to. Now, I, I looked for award winners, which is which is actually a great subject for me to go through. So I, I actually found the breakfast blend by looking through the award winners. And uh, I read the description, which says, A deliciously drinkable light roast from Tobra Coffee. A balanced and smooth roast with hints of creamy chocolate cherry and graham. That sounds amazing. And these guys apparently won a uh, 2018 bronze medal. Good on them, because when I taste this, I can understand why. And so then I scrolled down after putting this in my cart and realized, hey, there's uh, what's called Northwest Blend. What's what's this thing have? A clean, sweet, and balanced with a hint of chocolate and caramel. You bet your ass I'm going to try to drink this. And so this is a pretty great website for me to go through for, to get my coffee. And if you become a Roasters Marketplace member... You can get free shipping on every order, including a great selection of subscriptions. So, 
you need your uh, your coffee regularly. Maybe you're going to be uh, going through it pretty quickly from work. You know what? You just get that subscription, and you can rely on that to come to your doorstep when you need it to. And you can find them at roastersmarketplace.com or on social media. In fact, if you go through social media, you can actually find them on Facebook. And from there, I found they have a podcast called Common Grounds. This is where you meet your coffee roaster. So if I want to get to know the people that are behind the coffee that I am drinking, there's my source. So uh, with that, go ahead and go to roastersmarketplace.com and use the code GAMER to get your uh, free shipping for your first order. So that's roastersmarketplace.com. Sorry, I ignored all of that. You, Someone's been shitting in my coffee? <laughs> Explains way too much. <laughs> explains why there's a man outside smiling whenever I take a sip. <laughs> what a pervert. <laughs> kind of weird. Yeah. Kind of weird why I kept drinking it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, with the the topic of the week, um, there are reports that The Last of Us Part 2 is being review bombed on Metacritic. Oh, boy. Like, that's never happened before. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, it, it, so review bombing is like the, the people's way of discussing, like, hey, I don't like your game. I don't like what you're doing with your practices. Uh, I'm going to leave you a negative score. So uh, this, is do- this is done because they're not professional reviewers. And so... Um, this game has been getting a lot of positive press by the uh, by the reviewers. So whether it be from IGN or GameSpot, it's it's pretty positive. In fact, I'm going to pull it up on Metacritic right now. Actually, let's take a look here. I believe the last time that we looked at that, we saw that it was at a nine out of ten. Yep. Meanwhile, the user reviews are. Let me let me go ahead and go over this real quick here. From meta from the meta score, that's a score of ninety five. Oh, what that tells us is that this is a game that you absolutely must be checking out. Mm-hmm. What's the user score? Three point eight. Oh, and so I'm gonna pick a a review by random and just uh, uh, read into what they're saying. Uh, from Bull Guang. I'm not sure how to pronounce this. My disappointment is immeasurable and my day is ruined. <laughs> I waited five years to play this and they gave me a horrible intro and a shit ending. I just want to forget about this game. Oof. From uh, Fenjil. Sorry, from Fenjin. Just. Fenginginous? Anyways, it breaks my heart to write this, but I really did not expect such a poor story in all these years of waiting. While there were a few genuinely good moments, majority of game filled up with plot holes. It just took elements of what worked for the first game and without understanding what made them compelling. It seems like this game was done by other studios, but it's not. The basic gameplay has stayed the same. For better or worse, environment puzzles are almost gone. So remove story from the table, and you are left with the shallow gameplay that you will sorry that will have you looking for some other game. Now bear in mind though the uh, the the grammar has been a little bit choppy on here, but I'm trying to read these reviews word by word actually. Yeah. So um, what's going on here? Like why why do you think this is happening? So we we went over this last time and. I, 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 I still remember the Polygon article that I read just as I was taking my break at work. And it seems like 
they just kind of looked at what happened with uh, with uh, The Last of Us 1 and just kind of said, yeah, that'll work. But without realizing that, you know, people don't really work like that. And, and we, right now, what we are expecting to have happen is another story-driven game that has gameplay elements from, you know, Last of Us, the first one. And it's, we we were expecting a lot of like moral dilemmas like do you want to kill this person like truly in order to get through here like us as gamers we like it whenever we have these sorts of moral dilemmas and it, it it gets us immersed in the story and the world as a whole it's a big game of what if yeah it's it's a big humongous game of what if actions have consequences just like they do in the real world and we want to be able to experience that wholeheartedly. What instead we got was a literal ninja woman that is going around saying, man, it sucks that I have to kill people as she snaps another man's neck and like throws three throwing knives into another man's throat and mercilessly beats another person that didn't, didn't even know this ninja teenager is like creeping up through a vent coming down and just like pulling a Batman but with the garrote and just pulling him up into the vent. Yeah. Yeah. And all the all the while she's saying to herself, "Man, it sucks that I have to kill these people. Like I really wish that there was a different way that I didn't have to kill these people. Meanwhile, you were forced down a corridor where you were forced to kill people. And it's just like I I don't know. Like I feel bad for killing a dog. It's about it. And it's just, I, I I think I've hit the points way too hard before to really give a new perspective onto this. It's just like, if you want the player to feel bad for killing these people, give them a different way of getting around killing people. Right, right. Naughty Dog, just because you said that it, video games shouldn't be fun doesn't mean that you should be, that you shouldn't make it fun for the player to get through. So like... Dishonored. Dishonored is a game where you have consequences for killing people. Yes. So, uh, now, I didn't fully get into Dishonored, but I understand that the more people you kill, um, like, the worse off the environment gets. Yes. And so, uh, like, there's more disease, there's more rats. More um, dead people. Yeah, like, you you actually have incentive for trying to go with, with the least amount of kills as possible because it is absolutely able to be done yeah. and you have three different endings depending on what exactly you did through the game right if you went through a full pacifist run did not kill a single person completed all the objectives without killing a single person and doing all of the right things you get a very clean and nice ending don't get me wrong the pacifist ending to dishonored is pain incarnate because that means that you have to make sure that you are doing everything correctly. You have to make sure you're not being seen. You have to make sure you're not killing people. You have to make sure that everything you do is a, in, in a pacifist way. You That is pure stealth. You aren't going for stealth kills. You're going for just the stealthy way of doing things. You are a pure ninja. You are a pure spy. You get in there. You do not leave a footprint behind. 
and you get out without anyone ever knowing that you were there. You're just a ghost. You are a literal ghost. You aren't interacting with the environment. You aren't interacting with the people. You are getting in there. You are doing everything you can to complete your objective without anyone knowing that you're there. In the middle ground, you're killing people because they got in the way, because you don't see any other way that you can get around this, or you accidentally force yourself to kill someone. Or you go the still or or you go the killing is optional way where you just look at you just look up stealth BR gamer and you just realize that there are a lot of inventive ways to kill someone. This man shot a pistol, paused time, went forward, basically moved around the environment, kicked people into the into the way of the bullet, threw an explosive device at the end of the way where the bullet is going, killing 15 different people as time resumes, then the explosive barrel explodes, killing the person you were supposed to kill. And then teabagging. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that way, it's sure, it is the path of least resistance through bloodshed, but it, it's so much bleaker. The world gets so much bleaker. The world gets so much harder for you to get through without having to get killed by rats. And in the end, the game tells you, like, yeah, because of all of the dead people, there's a lot more disease going around, and everything is actually worse for wear than when it actually began. Yeah, and it's your fault. And it's your fault. It is literally specifically your fault. The entity that is giving you these powers looked at you and just said, you killed a lot of people. I'm happy about that. But remember, you killed a lot more people than you thought you did because you didn't clean up your corpses, you dumbass fool. You fool, <laughs> you absolute buffoon. And so, uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, people are, are pretty pissed off over The Last of Us 2. And uh, they're, they're, they're pissed off because of uh, the, the way the game is um, holding your, your hand the entire time. They're pissed off because of the the practices by Naughty Dog, um, the way that they've handled the the uh, media, the the news leaks. Like it's just a, it's a mess that is on Naughty Dog's hands. Yes, and Naughty Dog is a company that is is known as a very um, well well respected company actually. Mm-hmm. And so to have uh, maybe not so much a fall from grace, but a gigantic blow to the PR that they have. I think that's incredible to see, actually. It, it, it is the nightmare that I, I do not wish upon any of the of the companies that I love. If, if Larian Studios were to ever go down this, this route... I would be heartbroken. It would hurt. It would hurt. Like, it hurt enough to see Bioware get into the state that, that they are in. Oh, Jesus. They haven't released a new game in God knows how long. Yeah. They're going to, Well, apparently. I mean, besides Anthem... But <laughs> see, that's the thing, though. You, you say like you know they haven't re- released a game in so long. We just forgot about Anthem. Bioware forgot about Anthem. <laughs> yeah, uh, EA did as well. But um, so, like, what do you think is going to help with with uh, Naughty Dog at this point? Nothing. They've dug them. They they've dug their grave. Now they're going to have to lie in it. Yeah, they they cannot do anything at this point. They have released a bad, unfun video game for a lot of people. I think this is where Naughty Dog has to say to themselves: Are we sticking with our guns on this and going straight down into a pit of despair, or are we going to actually put a lot of effort into the next game we make and make sure that we pick up on these criticisms? 
see that's the thing about uh about about the the game and being fun the 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 big complaint is that people are not having fun with this game yeah so if i buy a game for 60 bucks i want it i want it to have some form of like replay value for myself yeah like uh you know for for the witcher 3 i bought it for 60 bucks but at the same time though I, I've spent a good long time on this game, yeah. mostly because I've been replaying it because I want to see what happens if I make different decisions. Yeah, Last of Us Two, it's like if if I go through this game and and trust me, this game is actually it's hard to watch. It's hard to watch because it's like it's it's unpleasant to watch the story, not because of um of like bugs or, or anything like that, but because like the, it's so incredibly brutal in a way that doesn't feel satisfying at all. And um, it, it's actually hard to describe what happens without spoiling this, this game anyway. And, and I, I don't, I don't want people on my ass about spoiling the game. So I'm just not going to, I'm not going to do it. Um, but uh, like naughty dog developers have come out and said that like, we're not, like our goal is not to make a game that is fun. It's it's to make a game that's engaging. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. You can make a f- game fun and engaging. We've seen it with multiple games. Jedi Fallen Order. People love the story of the game. They love the gameplay of the game. They have fun with it. Fuck Space Marine had a good story. It was fun to play. It made you feel awesome. You know what? Uh, Weirdo actually has a comment in the Discord as well. And I, I think it's actually a good point because so while The Last of Us, both one and two, are are majorly built to tell you a story. Uh, Weirdo says any telltale game is awesome to replay. Yes, because again, your actions have consequences. Yes. Yeah. yeah, like you, you are making dis- you are making uh, quick decisions. And like you're actually pushed to, to make through these decisions yeah. without being able to um, take the time to to measure out your response and think about how everything's going to go through. Like they're like they're going to have some some times where it's like you you maybe get to take some time to make a decision. But like uh, there's a lot of like three, two, one. Would you decide? Yeah. So the best example that I can ever think of would have to be Tales from the Borderlands. Tales from the Borderlands is a, of course, telltale game, but it it, it it does a good job of not only providing a good and rich experience, it also still has that Borderlands vibe while still going through a fairly good story, in my opinion. It, and it shows that a game can still be like a movie, but still be fun and engaging. Your choices matter in these games. Uh, it's still fun to it's still fun to go through the game, even though there's like the g- gameplay is not exactly the you know engaging as you think it would be. Right. But it's still fun. It gives a lot of in depth character to these characters. You know, like when I saw fuck I forget. I remember how I said that I really had fun and engaging experience with Borderlands. I already forgot some of the names because I haven't played it in forever. It happens. Yeah. But uh, I got to see best girl Athena kick ass in that game. I got to see um, a lot of the characters from Borderlands 3. Uh, Remember the Bandit King? 
like I think his name is Larry or something like that. I don't remember. But I got to see all of these characters that I came to love and enjoy in Tales from the Borderlands. And I got to see where they are now. And it was a lot of fun. It it made me feel good that these characters are still, you know, living their lives, so to speak, through the game. And it's just, it's it's a lot of fun. Does the name uh, Vaughn? Yeah, Vaughn. There we go. Okay, yeah. thank you, weirdo. Yeah, thank you, weirdo. Um, but it's just, it's good to see these characters just kind of, you know progress and I still had fun doing it it was an interesting and engaging storyline and it's just it sucks to think that there are companies out there that think that fun and engaging are two separate things right and it hurts to see something like that happen to a big triple a release like video- meanwhile I'm having the time of my life playing a game from Owlcat Studios, which is significantly smaller mm-hmm. than Naughty Dog is. And it... You know, because I, 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 I'm actually... Like, when I was going through it and trying to be able to, to find the, the, the Stag King and and uh, kill him and, and uh, take his... <laughs> take his, his equipment for myself yeah and then go into go into his fortress and then get immediately fucked because the goddamn now i paranoid... have the antlers yeah now i have the antlers let me go into your house and you know f- fuck my hot undead cleric um you've trapped the entirety of this fortress i hate it i have no healing potions and there's a crazy man in a cell that summons elementals i'm having fun <laughs> <laughs> So like I, I'm I'm playing this game from this this much smaller studio and I'm I'm just having an amazing time with it. Sure, maybe it's not as graphically detailed as like The Last of Us Two is, but I'm still I'm still more engaged by like what the writers were able to accomplish with this game. And so now, granted though, people are being engaged by The Last of Us Two. So a lot of people are are um, saying that the the gameplay is low quality, but the storyline is higher quality for them. And and you know, thank God that they actually have that because uh, from what I've seen from the from the gameplay, like there are people that are actually turning off the textures to be able to find things like um, uh, the the collectibles in the game. You shouldn't need to do that, right? That is. No. <laughs> so let's let's talk about what's been going on with the reviewers. So like if you go to the reviews from GameSpot, from IGN, they are extremely high reviews. And um, it's hard to really think of if these are actually warranted or not. But what do you think this is telling you? It's It's telling us something bad. It's telling us that we're going back to the dark ages, so to speak, when it comes down to reviews. Remember, there were shitty games out there that got perfect scores out of fucking nowhere, yet the players could not bear themselves to play these goddamn games. Right. Mass Effect Andromeda is going to be the big one. A lot of these reviewers said, like, oh my god, it's such an immersive Mass Effect experience. Like, god, if you love Mass Effect, you'll love this game hardcore. Then when players got in, riddled with fucking bugs, my face is tired because the fucking devs decided to drop the game halfway through. And now it's it's dead. Multi- the multiplayer is dead. 
Everything about this game is dead. I do not like it. We have gotten to a point where we can only trust ourselves and people that have actually played the game more than the, what, two-hour release that is required for each game in order for you to review it? Yeah. No. We don't listen to these big to these big journalist companies when it comes down to reviews. We look at the player reviews, the people that have actually played the goddamn game. Not just for two hours, but for three, four, five hours, sometimes to even full completion. Listen to those people. This is why people like Steam. Because you get to look at the at the review scores. And not at some guy that probably got paid a hundred dollars to give this game a good review. Can I can I plug somebody that I like the reviews for? Yeah, uh, worth a buy. Uh, Mac is who runs this YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, his his Irish accent is so thick. but but this is like our guy as far as reviewers go he is so he's a mixture of both critical and honest at the same time Uh, this is a guy who uh, like he didn't like the witcher 3 but the reasons that he gave for it felt very legitimate um he wanted to love world sorry love warcraft 3 but he um couldn't give it a thumbs up because of the practices from blizzard but he was still he was still able to admit that the gameplay itself was actually really great. Yeah. So if you're looking review- for reviewers, like, yes, I would want you to be able to listen to our podcast and uh, and uh, take what we're able to say and, and apply it to what you uh, decide to do for your gaming. Yeah. Like, that's that's a huge goal for us. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it is, it is worth looking into multiple voices and seeing what they're saying. Uh, worth a buy is one of them that I'm going to recommend. Um, as always, I've always recommended Tech Raptor for um, for news and reviews. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, much much more uh, compa- much more um, uh, good for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying good. to think of a way to describe it. Uh, much more preferable for me than like going through IGN and seeing their news. It's very unbiased. They will give you. They will give you the facts and only the facts. They don't care about the fucking other weird ass details. But they'll 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 give you to it's they'll they'll give you a straight answer about what exactly is happening with games that you are looking forward to. Yeah. It's ah, man, it just I don't really know what else to say when it comes down when it comes down to this. I'm not gonna buy the game. I've already seen what happens whenever you start giving people like giving these people money. It's like, haha, we're we're dabbing on the haters and shit like that. Meanwhile, the people that did buy the game are saying, yeah, we still hate the game. Yeah. Just don't. Just read the reviews first. Take your judgment there. Look up the gameplay. Be an informed gamer. Do your research before you start getting into a game. That is all I ask of you. Yeah. Because there is nothing worse than buying a game and immediately wanting the refund. Battlefield Five, yeah, but you were too curious. I was way too curious. <laughs> so um, technically, it's my job to be curious. So. And and you know what? If if you if you do this, then you are absolutely doing your part in helping the hobby as well. Yes. When money is circulating to the people that deserve it, then we get some really great results out of it. 
I, I think that if you um, support companies like Larian Studios and Alicat Games, uh, but not just that though, but like, um, God, like, um, I mean, I, I want to see, e- I want to see EA kick Bioware's uh, ass into gear, and and help them start making some great games again, for God's sake. So, with that, is there anything else you want to add on to this uh, this topic? No, I I think I've gone through it again. Yep, read, read, read. That's one of the best pieces of advice I can give to anybody. So with that, thank you everybody for listening to this show, and we're gonna be back again next week. Um, God, if if you like what we do, share the show, share it to help it grow, and uh, the more listeners that we get, uh, the bigger that our reach, the you know the more things that we're able to do with this show, actually, the more we're able to do for reviews and having guests. Uh, it's, a, it's a great accomplishment. So thank you, everybody, for listening in. Until next time, fall damage. Hey there. Don't forget to subscribe to Madcast Shows on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Okay, bye. Madcast Media Network. <laughs>